What's up, Rock family? How's everybody doing? Happy, happy Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Mazda Fearson, pastor of the Rock Church. Welcome to church today. Hopefully you know and got your team picked out of who's going to win the Super Bowl. But we have a special, special service with you uh, and for you. We're going to talk about overcoming challenges. I'm going to talk about that. I got some friends here that I want to introduce to you in a minute. But uh, before we do that, please hit the share button. Get the word out to all your friends to watch this service. It's going to be very different. We're going to have a little competition here in a minute. And next week is Valentine's Day. And we're going to have a special, special Valentine's. Get your honey. Get ready to be in, in, in church because we're going to have an incredible, incredible service. We're starting a series next week called Love Is. And we're going to start that next week. We've got a special next week. And then two weeks we're going to talk about being singleness and then parenting. And so we've got a great month for you. But today, have some special friends I want to introduce to you, four NFL players and a, and a professional athlete coach. First, we have Darren Carrington, who is a pastor here at The Rock. He played for the San Diego Chargers and other teams. We have Todd Durkin, who is a personal trainer and trains a lot of athletes, LaDainian Thompson, Drew Brees, etc. Tyrell Williams, who plays for the Raiders right now. Hmm. And then <laughs> he's a receiver. And then we have Andre Reid, who is a Hall of Fame receiver went to four Super Bowls with the Buffalo Bills. So before we start, we're gonna, before we get into our conversation and get into the word, Todd is going to lead us through an agility game. Now we got two defensive backs here and two receivers over here. And we're going to have a little competition just for fun since it's Super Bowl Sunday because I know all y'all got your jerseys on and trying to be, you know, we want to just get the blood flowing. So, Todd, take it away, my man. Thank you, Pastor. All right, what we're going to have is the D-backs versus the wide receivers. I want to see who's the best at this. It's one of my famous games. We made it with LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006. Here's what's going to happen. You've got to catch the car with two hands. Two hands. I'm going to go down. If you drop it, you're out. First one to two wins, wins the competition. D-backs, wideouts. Are you ready? Definitely. Andre, you ready? Oh, Tyrell, you ready? Pastor Miles, you're always talking I'm smack. I'm ready. Let's go, man. Always let's talking smack. Go. Here we go. This two is going to be rapid fire. Two hands. Two keep hands. Keep your eyes up. The card's going to be flittering up in the air. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Catch it. Good, good. There's one. Come on, man. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Ah. Nice, 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 nice. Oh, good, good, good. Oh, Andre still got it. Here we go. Right back to it. Right back to it. All right. All right. We got this. Pastor oh, Miles, you're out. You're out. You're out. Tyrell's still in. Andre. Oh, oh Andre's out. We got it too. Pastor Darren, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? One nothing right there. We got one nothing. Tyrell Williams. I cut the light. I cut the light. Tyrell's up. Had the light in the face. Next one down. You never know what's coming at you now. Get your mind right. Come on. Get it right. Get it tight. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. That's it. Come on, Pastor Miles. Oh! I'm in the light. Here we go. Nice. Nice. Come on, Darren. What you got? What you got? Uh oh. Oh! D backs are down. We're down in the wideouts. Come on. That's a wrap. Come on. Oh, oh. He's got to prove it, though. He's got to prove it. He's got to prove it. He's got to prove it. Oh! <laughs> the wideouts win the competition. Tyrell oh. Williams and the wideouts win the competition. Uh, before, we go, before we get into the word, <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell them what they can, if they want, anybody can do this. Tell them what they can get out of it, what it's for. Well, the most important thing is hand eye coordination. Sometimes you think as an athlete, you just have to be big, strong, and powerful. But there's a lot of small muscles. There's hand-eye coordination, balance, agility, all go into it as well. So you can do this at home, wherever you are around the world. You can get a, a, a stack of cards. If you want to make it harder, you can put a fan on, which you do with LaDainian, do it with Tyrell, and he with Pastor Miles. So when we flick those cards, okay, get your hands, hands right. So boys, girls, 
Practice every day. Train hard, eat right, live inspired, baby. And, and please tell them, uh, these three guys are in my small group. Please tell them what you, on your phone. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. I would say get your mind right, get your heart right, get your soul right. If you get your mind right, you get your body right, you get your soul right, that's all you got to do. All right. Great, great. Okay, now we got the blood flowing. Happy Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I know there's probably people in the house. Get the cars, get the cars, get the cars. Oh, uh, listen, ha uh, happy Sunday. Listen, Super Bowl Sunday. So excited about today. So excited about the game. I got my pick. I'm going to keep it to myself. Um, and we are absolutely, obviously very competitive. Uh, but before I start, I just want to introduce, let everybody here take a minute to introduce themselves. Because we're going to get into a conversation. And hopefully you can uh, grab a nugget that will help your life. We don't want to just talk about anything. All of us love the Lord. We're in the Word. And like I said, these three guys are in my, in my small group. But just take a second and tell us. Your name, a little bit about your, where you played and where you grew up. My name is Darren Carrington. I grew up in the Bronx, New York. <laughs> played eight years in the NFL. Was fortunate to play in two Super Bowls. Played with the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos, to name a few. But the Chargers, San Diego Chargers, that is, for four years. My name is Todd Durkin. I grew up in Brick, New Jersey. I'm the youngest of eight kids. I've been in San Diego for 23 years now. I started my gym Fitness Quest 10 uh, in year 2000. And since that time, I've uh, worked with hundreds of professional athletes and, and clients of, of all ages, shapes, and sizes. One of the things that's been the highlight of my pandemic is working in this small group with Pastor Miles and these guys. It's kept uh, all of us sane, but the power of a small group is absolutely crucial. And, and Todd started his gym and business the same year we started the church. And we met that, that year or the next year? It was uh, 99. Oh, we met before it. Right before it. Right before it. We met before it. Tyrell. Uh, I'm Tyrell Williams. I grew up in Salem, Oregon. Uh, I'm in my sixth year in the NFL. Played with the Chargers for my first four years. Uh, and then my last two, I've been with the Raiders. And man, I'm just happy to be with these guys. And, you know, like you said, in the small group, it's just been awesome, especially through quarantine and COVID, just to have these guys. And it's been great. Yes, I'm Andre Reed. I played uh, a long time in the NFL. <laughs> I played 17 seasons. I uh, was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2014, and just as Tyrell said, uh, the group that we're in, it's uh, a very exclusive group. I take it, you know, take it very seriously, and uh, it's made me a better person, and uh, I'm just glad to be here. What's that ring you got on your hand? This is my Hall of Fame ring, and I know it's <laughs> just like glistening. Flip, flip, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, this thing means a lot to me, but uh, it doesn't define me, and I think uh, when people do see this, they want to know how that happened. And I'm sure we'll get into that, what we're talking about. But uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I played in four straight Super Bowls, as you said earlier. Uh, didn't win, but uh, people, people admire just going to one. But going to four straight is uh, it's pretty hard to do. Yeah. So yeah. very fortunate. So listen, um, get your word out. Matter of fact, we're going to get on our knees and pray. Let's just get on our knees. What we do, what we do. We all bow our knee to one Savior, Jesus Christ. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to get on your knees. We're going to pray. And my prayer is that God would um, encourage you. We have so much to overcome in our country, in our lives. There's so many challenges from last year now going into this year. And we need God. Uh, we need God in our individual lives. We need God in our families, in our church, in our communities. And so let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your word. And thank you that no matter what we do in our lives, no matter what our business is, how much money we have, what our careers are, 
how famous someone may look in the eyes of man, we all bow our knee to Jesus. And so we thank you uh, for today. Thank you for your faithfulness. And pray you encourage us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Get your word out. Word. 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 Get your word out. The count of three. One, two, three, say word. Word. <laughs> um, turn to um, 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Um, when the charges were in town, you know, up until two years ago, I, I would, every team in NFL has a chapel Saturday night before the game. And so when home teams or visiting teams would come here to play the Chargers, three or four or five times a year, I would get asked to go do their chapel. So there were eight home games. And so I would go ask to do the chapel. Love doing the chapels. There's anywhere from 10 to 30 guys in chapel. There's only 53 guys on the team and coaches and staff that would be there. And often I would bring a visitor, bring somebody with me to come because they've never been around athletes. And a lot of times people only see them on television and have opinions about, you know, how big they should be and what they're like and blah, 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 blah. So I'm in there and this guy walks in, a player, he's 5'6", about 180, but 5'6", so about <laughs> that tall. And he walks in and the person that I was with later said, man, that guy looks too small to play in the NFL. That's what they saw. They saw a, a guy too small. And I said, no, that brother's probably a bad dude. He's probably overcome a whole lot of obstacles. Um, when you see athletes, and, and what I want you to get at today is that when you see athletes, a lot of times you think, well, they're talented, they got a lot of money, they just walk out and feed them play, they don't really have a, a hard job. A lot of times what's not known and not highlighted are the obstacles that they overcome to be successful. Nobody is successful without hard work in anything. No one's successful without overcoming obstacles in anything. And even though the snapshot you may see is really good or in your eyes good, it seems like social media, everything on social media is great. You may look at it and go, oh, that's easy. Without realizing and hearing the real story, you don't realize all what really goes on behind the scenes. So we're going to share some stories about things that these guys overcame. And here's the thing. We want you to take away one nugget to encourage you to be an overcomer. Three things I'm going to say today. Overcomers are not afraid to go first. You're going to see this in the story of David Goliath. Overcomers are not afraid to be first. Overcomers don't forget the, the victories in the past. And overcomers rely on their superpowers. What I mean by that is God has given every single one of you a superpower. It's, your, it's, it's, a, it's a gift that he's given you. I call superpower. It's obviously the power of the Holy Spirit. But he's given you a gift. He's given you a talent. He's given you a passion. That you've got to rely on that to do what God's called you to do. So in this story, the Jews, in, in 1 Samuel 17, Israel's on one hill. The Jews are on one hill. The Philistines are on another hill. There's a valley in the middle. And Goliath comes out 40 days in a row talking trash, saying, any one of you Jews, Jews can come down and hit, kill me, we will all serve you. We don't have to all fight a big war. Just do one-on-one. -on -one. Well, nobody goes out to fight Goliath because he's 9 feet 9 inches tall. David comes. He's a kid. He comes to see his brothers on this hill, and he hears Goliath talking trash. And he starts going around telling everybody, I can whoop him, I can whoop him, I can whoop him. And the king says, you can't whoop him, you're only a kid. We're going to read this in a minute. And then David says something which is going to be the foundation of our conversation. This is what he says. I killed a lion and a bear in the past. 
I've already overcame stuff. I can kill this fool right now in the future. So I want you to be thinking about the things you overcame in the past. All of us overcame some hard stuff, all of us. And that you would take that victory and that knowledge of what God taught you to use it to encourage you in the future. It says, verse 33, Saul said to David, you are not able to go out against the Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth, a little kid, and he is a man of war since he was a kid. Here's what David said. Your servant used to keep in the past, like early that day he was with the sheep. He used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and start, struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the little God, living God. And then he says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear in the past, he will deliver me from this Philistine in the future, like five minutes from now. So we're going to talk about some, some lion and bears that these guys got over that have encouraged them in their future after the event to do things that, uh, that may be a big obstacle. And, and as you're listening, I want you to think about, I want you to think about one thing, a challenge you have in your life, starting a business, changing jobs, getting in or out of a relationship. One thing that you need encouragement for, and I bet you you already have the encouragement in your past. Okay? DC, tell us, tell us how you got into football and something that you had to overcome in the past. Well, growing up in, in the Bronx, New York, people don't even believe that there's grass, <laughs> right, in New York City. So when I, you know, started to play football. Oh, by the know, way, can you clarify the, how, how, how is the, what's the proper way to say the Bronx? The Bronx. The Bronx. The Bronx. <laughs> yes. D.A. Bronx. Yes. Known as the concrete jungle. Right? So, you know, one, number one, the number one obstacle I had to overcome is no one, people don't typically get out of New York City. They think that's it and that's all they're ever going to be. And me having a dream, my desire was to do something bigger. Well, high school, again, there's no recruits coming to our high school, so I had to walk on, which means that I didn't get recruited. And what high school did you go to? James Monroe High School. High schools are named after presidents in, in New York City. I like how when I ask you a question, you like pronounce it. The Bronx. Yeah. The James Bronx. Monroe. Yes. Yes. So, you know, going through, you know, going through there. But because I had this dream and this passion, I wasn't going to let anything hold me back. And uh, long story short, I went to University of Pittsburgh because I actually was a receiver at the time. Went there. Things didn't work out. Went to Northern Arizona, which... People thought I was in prison in northern Arizona because they, don't, they never heard of northern Arizona. And every time I went to school and came home, I was getting a little bigger, right? So um, after two and a half years, you know, the coach said, hey, you know what? You're doing good at receiver, but we're not, basically we're not going to give you a scholarship. And I said, what position can I play to earn a scholarship? And that's where I switched to defensive back. And I think the thing that I overcame was I didn't let anybody tell me that I couldn't. I didn't let my circumstance tell me that I couldn't. I pursued this dream. And I knew if I gave it all I had, even if I didn't accomplish it, I would be okay. People who haven't been to the Bronx, mm -hmm. you li you li did you live in Corp City? No, okay. Bronx River Projects. Okay, okay. so, so you're, everything around you is concrete. Yes. Pretty much. There's a park here, a park here, but a school, but really it's mostly concrete. Nine buildings, 14 stories, 10 apartments on each floor. Okay, so do the math. That's a lot of people mm -hmm. in one little small area. Hmm. Um, and you went to North Dakota. Northern Arizona. Northern Ari Come on, oh, football powerhouse. Northern Arizona, still. <laughs> yes. that's, that, that's all the way across country yes. in the boonies. That was a culture shock. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it was, it was complete, like, I don't know if you could have got any different than what I saw. I mean, the, the shade of people were different. The trees were different. <laughs> like, everything was completely different. But my, my focus was I wasn't here for the people. I wasn't here for the stuff I was here to pursue. My dream was to become a professional athlete. And it wasn't like I could go and ask my uncle or my, my buddy, anybody in the neighborhood, because nobody had done it. So it was really me just being focused on my dream and my desires. Todd, you, you had an interesting journey that, that we were talking about the other day. Right. What I can say is what I do now is not what I intended to do growing up. Uh, growing up back in Brick, New Jersey, it was a powerhouse uh, football town. And from the time I was five, I always wanted to be a pro football player. I was a quarterback. I dreamt of playing in the NFL. I went to college at William & Mary. And uh, when I was done at William & Mary... I wasn't drafted in the NFL, so I took the circuitous route. I'm like, I'm going to go over to Europe. I'm going to play professional football in Europe. I'll get spotted there. In the second year in playing over there, uh, as a quarterback, you're taught to do a hook slide to avoid getting hit. So on third and 12, I, I do a hook slide after picking up a first down, and two linebackers came in and sandwiched their helmet on my back. And I felt pain before. I've had multiple concussions and sprains and strains like all these athletes. And uh, I never felt pain like that. And I knew something was different. I was 25 years old. I remember lying on my back, looking up at the sky, saying, God, help me. Uh, this isn't right. I couldn't move. And um, ended up being three herniated discs, spinal stenosis, and degenerative back disease. And the doctor in French said, uh, Z, you have a back problem. <laughs> the football career is over. I'm like, from 5 to 25, that's all I want to do. Does he have a back problem? I'm like, thanks, Doc. I appreciate that. But what happened is I had to give up my dream of playing in the NFL. And as I was searching and praying for a deeper purpose, I was lost. And for five years, I went down this journey to try to heal my own back pain without <coughs> surgery. And I sought out every guru, every healer, every strength conditioning coach, physical therapist, osteopath, physician, physical therapist, you name it, I tried it. Uh, five years later, I just happened to stumble uh, upon an opportunity uh, as a coach and as a trainer to open my gym. What I didn't realize was that whole time God was preparing me to not be a pro football player, but to work with pro football players. Now, looking back, it was the master plan. But there was a lot of dark, dark times in that journey and living in 13 cities in five years and trying to heal my own pain. And now when I get the opportunity to work with, with folks, I'm like, wow, what a plan. If you could look, looking back on that, what would be the one thing? You know, David, David went out and whooped Goliath, and he said, I'm going to go by myself. And he says, I had victory in the past. What would be one nugget you can tell people who are out there right now with this challenge in front of them? I would say if you're in pain, any kind of pain, physical pain, mental pain, spiritual anguish, is to keep seeking God first. The one thing I always did was I was praying for God to deliver a divine purpose in me so I could take my superpower and share it with the world. I didn't know what that looked like, but I kept following uh, that, that purpose and trying to be great to people, connecting with a great church. Uh, that was the late 90s when I met you, Pastor Miles. Uh, but I would say if you're in pain, don't get away from God, lean into God. And uh, that relationship is really important for me looking back. It was the master plan to get into um, being a coach so I could ultimately impact other, other men and women. Yeah, and I, and I would 
tell all you out there, first, when you hear it say superpower, we're talking about how the Holy Spirit works through us, so there's nothing mystical about it. Um, but I would tell you, there is something God has called you to that you can't do. God doesn't call us to do stuff that we can do. He calls us to do stuff we can't do. But he shows us, if you look back on how he's carried you through impossible things, as evidence that, hey, I can get you over stuff. I got you over stuff. So I want you to be thinking about that, that one thing that you feel like, man, I want to do it, but I'm, I'm scared. That At the end of this, you would say, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Okay. Tyrell. Tyrell, Tyrell came to our small group, and he was really quiet. But that dude was on time every week. Faith when he was playing with the Chargers, now he's with the Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> uh, you had an issue. I want you to talk about from when you were 11. Because when you were yeah. telling me that story about all that stuff you went through. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of similar to, you know, both those guys. You know, I had injuries. And um, so when I was 11, I tore my ACL playing football. ACL is anterior cruciate ligament. If you're a ball player, athlete, you know that. If you're not, it's, it's the <clears throat> ligament inside your knee. It's the hardest one to heal. Yeah. And so it, 11 years old. 11. It was tough. Um, you know, I, I tore it in practice. They told me I didn't tear it, so I went back to play, tried to play. And uh, my knee gave out on me. And then went and they told, still told me it wasn't torn. So then I went and played basketball, and it gave out on me again. I went to a different doctor, and he said that I was fully torn, so I had to have a second surgery. <clears throat> and so how long between when you originally tore it and the surgery? Um, so I tore it. When I first got hurt, it was early in the year, <clears throat> and then... Um, had surgery probably like four weeks later. They fixed like the MCL, I think, or some cartilage. Then I came back, tried to play basketball, and my knee gave out again. So then I had surgery probably another month after that. So you, fixed the ACL. for four weeks you walked around and ran around on a torn ACL. Yeah, and it felt fine. It was crazy. I didn't have any pain or anything. And I was just walking after practice, and it just gave out. And went to the doctor, and he said that, uh, or he, did, he still didn't see it either. So he went in to see, do surgery to see what was going on. He said that my ACL was completely ruptured or torn. So. Huh. Uh, that was my first injury. Um, so, I mean, I've been through a bunch. It's kind of the same as, uh, you know, uh, Todd. Uh, when I first started in high school, I didn't have any uh, scholarship offers, anything like that. Went on uh, and went to play at Western Oregon, a Division II school, because my brother was there. Uh, and my dream as a little kid always was to play in the NFL. You know, I, there was no other. It was either that or president, and I wasn't going to be president. <laughs> so I was, was going to make it to the NFL no matter what. So, uh, you know, as I went there, there and then I went to the college, uh, Finished college, had a pretty good career, but then didn't, didn't get drafted, didn't have any, you know, uh, offers or anything like that coming out. And so I also had four surgeries in college. Uh, I had two shoulders, a sports hernia, and a foot surgery. And so I think that kind of hindered me a little bit. But um, ended up being able to be an um, undrafted free agent with the Chargers. Okay, um, before we get to the Chargers, because yeah. you told me when you had all these surgeries that you, you didn't want to get hit. No, no. I was <laughs> after after the ACL when I was 11, I was scared. I would fake uh, in practice, I would fake things so I didn't have to do the tackling drill because I was scared to get tackled. I was terrified. So how are you playing and you don't want to get hit? Uh, I think that's why I'm fast now. <laughs> that's why you're fast. Fast and elusive. Either run out of bounds or I got to beat them. So I was doing everything I could not to get hit. I was really scared. So can we pause here? Here's an NFL receiver. Well, I don't know if you still have it now, but that is scared to get hit growing up and every day overcoming that. Yeah. I think that's like something I take pride in now is going across the middle. I, we were talking earlier about not wanting to go across the middle, but after growing up and, and seeing that and seeing missed opportunities that I had, if I would have caught it or if I would have just had the courage to go out and play and go across the middle, it would elevate my career. And something that's, that's what I take pride in now is catching slant routes or catching drag routes across the middle and something I really want to be good at. And just so people know, 
if this is the football field, here's the, the, the sidelines and the receivers, when they come across the middle, there are people who have very bad intentions on the other team waiting <laughs> <laughs> in the middle. That's the position I played. That's the position Darren played. And we're like, oh, please come across the middle because then we can hit them. And then there's guys bigger than us, linebackers, who also have very bad intentions. And so when they're coming across the middle to catch the ball looking this way, we are coming from this way. So he had to overcome that fear of getting hit and come into the lion's den. Yeah. Because th th that's like a dream for us. For sure. Especially a big body like you. For sure. Big target. But if you get past that guy, it's wide open. You know, so if you just get over that little bit of fear, mm. there's really nothing left. And, I mean, you can have an opportunity. But, to yeah, you don't them. really get past us. That's the thing. I mean, it's, it's easy. <laughs> Obviously, you guys can't catch or anything like that, so you're focused on something else. So, so um, you go to the NFL. You yeah. don't get drafted. Don't get drafted. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've also overcome is just the injuries. You know, I've, I've gone through a lot of surgeries and stuff, and uh, this, this last season had another shoulder surgery and was out for the whole year on IR. And this is the first, first uh, season I've ever missed in my life, going back to second grade. And, you know, I've had the injuries, had the surgeries, but I was able to still play and, and go through that. So something that I'm going through now is, is just something completely different and not being out on the field and, and having to sit back and watch and, and go through the rehab and have to watch and be away from the team because of COVID stuff right now. And, you know, that's been the biggest thing is I've always had my teammates and stuff around to kind of, you know, bounce off of and, and have encouragement from. But I'm away from those guys right now and, and, and still having to go through the rehab process. And it's been a tough, tough last about five months. And last question, when you went to the Chargers, you were not drafted. Yeah. You missed OTAs. Yeah. Explain to them what OTAs is. Uh, OTA is just the off-season workout from April to June. Uh, it's a lot of time where the rookies or second-year guys get a good opportunity to learn the offense and, and get that chemistry right. going. Right, and, and meet the guy. That's so critical. You missed that. Yeah, yeah. Because you had to stay in school. Yeah, the NFL had a weird rule then. If you had started your term, you couldn't go and be there for OTAs. You had to finish out your school term. So you so. just walked on training camp. Yeah, walked And everybody else had a head start against you. Yeah. Yeah. And you weren't drafted. No. And, was, and most likely you're going to get cut. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I had, for me, I knew I was like, I'm not getting cut. There's no, I'm, <laughs> it's not happening. I'm, I'm making the team. There's, I just, I don't know. I just had no doubt in my mind that I was going to make it. Um, I knew it was stacked against me, but, you know, my, my goal every, every single day was, you know, when the coaches turn on the film, you got to pop up and show out in some way, whether special teams, receiver, like every day they got to be on there and be like, there's Tyrell again, there's Tyrell again. And that was my goal. Uh, every single day. And just so you know, there, there is a hundred and so guys, they're going to cut it down to 50. So half the dudes in camp are not going to make a team. They're going to get cut. Contract, tore up, they don't pay anything. So when you go to practice every day, you're like, I got a one or two chance of getting cut, a one or two chance of making it. And you weren't drafted. You missed OTA, so you, you weren't familiar with the plays and yeah. the team and the flow. Um, and you had to overcome that. It was tough. I had really good coaches. You know, I had a good support system. Um, you know, and I think that's, I think I met you uh, my rookie year and we got into a Bible study and I know that helped me immensely being able to just kind of stay focused yeah. and, and wash out all the outside noise yeah. and just have mentors around me that I could connect with. And, yeah. and I think that was huge. Yeah. Andre Reed, 17, you are old. I played against you, Miles. Just somebody. <laughs> I think what we year did you play? Uh, I play, I came in in 85. So you were you just yeah? Leaving? Did you yeah. play here in the San Diego? We that played was you that hit me, man. Laid out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you are, your first year was my eighty five. Yes. Wow. And, and I played here in San Diego. We played the Chargers in eighty five. I was in that game when uh, Fouts was here yeah, and yeah. Winslow and Jefferson and all those. I was a rookie. I, I got twenty one yeah, years old I, on the sideline. Yeah. I, I, did you did you play in the game? Yeah. I started because yeah, I remember a, a receiver got behind me. That was me. 
Yeah, yeah, but he didn't catch the ball. <laughs> that wasn't you. No, that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember that game. Yeah. I remember that game. So yeah. 17 years, any position is ancient, but yeah. especially a receiver. Yeah, well, um, you know, unlike, you know, Darren, Darren that the, the, everybody's dream as a little kid, especially if you're playing football, is to play in the NFL. That, I, I didn't, that really wasn't my dream until I got to college. I thought, you know, growing up in a little town named Allentown, Pennsylvania, Billy Joel, so I'll give Billy Joel a plug, um, that I thought I just was going to be your regular old guy, go to high school, maybe go to college. College really wasn't in the play because my mom and dad didn't have money for college. I didn't. I just wanted to be a regular old guy. And I think the people that I was around saw talent in me and made me think that there was something more. So in my mind, I thought there was something more. Okay, go to college, do this. And I didn't get recruited by a big school. You know, I didn't get the USC's, the Notre Dame's, the Clemson's, all that. I went to a local school 45 minutes away from my home because I was a homebody. I loved being at home. You know, I was a mama's boy. What school did you go to? Kutztown University. Yeah, Kutztown, so, yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that Division Two? D2. Yeah. Yeah, so if you look at the league now, there's D2 players everywhere. And I'm not D3, saying D3, D3, D3. That's right. New Haven, right? Yeah. New Haven. So, so that myth was always, you know, well, you're not good enough. You're, you're going to this little bitty school. Uh, there's not that much talent there. There's this, there's that. So in my mind, I had people around me tell me, you're just as good as anybody else. If you get the chance. And when I got to college, it was like, okay, uh, I was a quarterback in high school and I can run the ball. We ran the option a lot. As a passer, I was, nah, I wasn't really a good passer. Passed sometimes. But my forte was running the football, you know, in, in, the, in the offense that we had. And when I got to college, the best decision that they made was to put me at receiver. And we said, well, we know you can handle the ball. You, you probably can catch. And that's from all the times with my brothers and at the park and all that kind of stuff, playing with, playing with other guys. And uh, that's where my talent really started showing at receiver. And then the obstacle was, well, you're good at this level. Uh, okay, you didn't go to SC or Notre Dame or Clemson or LSU. Skip all that. You're going right to the big time. Can you overcome, overcome the big schools and that kind of play and go right to the big time and play in the NFL? So... And, and I have to, you know, really credit my parents, uh, you know, living in an interracial family, that was another obstacle to overcome. They believed in me, and I had, again, I had people around me that believed in me. Mm. So in my mind, I started believing in myself. And, you know, can you make the jump from a little bitty school, and this is 1985, uh, to, uh, to the NFL? You know, go right to guys that are fast as you, big as you, strong as you, Everything is you. Yeah, bigger, stronger, and faster. Bigger, yeah. stronger, faster. So up here, I'm thinking, well, this is just a game, you know, whatever. I mean, just give me a shot. Give me a chance. And one play kind of defined my career in the beginning. And back in training camp, and you guys know, you know I don't know, they training camp now, they, what they, they probably wear skirts at training camp right <laughs> the now. Training camp now is a little different. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They're, they're coming. Guys need to get paid. And they're coming down to hammer you. And I remember going across the middle, and that was my forte, going across the middle. I got hit, flipped, got up, went back to the huddle 17 years later. And that was the place that I can do this. 
I could do this, yeah. You went to four Super Bowls, yes. lost every single one. Mm -hmm. Another, ob another over had to overcome. How, what did you learn out of that, those apparent failures? I mean, yeah. obviously going to the Super Bowl is a, is a victory, but then you, you lose, it's like kind of takes out, take the wind out of it. Tell us one thing you learned from that that has helped you after the Super Bowl. That, that's a great question because to this day, when they talk about my career, though, that does not go unnoticed and said. Well, how did you guys go to four? What was the team like? And, and to overcome that, I think, just like David overcame Goliath and said, I was here before. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. You know, I, we always thought that sooner or later something was going to turn, and even though it didn't, I think the journey was what God put in front of us. Mm. He put that journey in front of us and said, you're going to learn so much from this later down the line that that's the plan for you. That's the plan that you're going to learn from. Because life, every day you wake up is an obstacle. It's something that's going to be in front of you that you're either going to have to face or you're going to turn your back on it. And I think uh, those four Super Bowls, we had to face those. And in sports, to fans, you lost four. I mean, I don't know how many times I get email, not emails, but when I say something on social media, it's always, well, you guys went to four years. That means they, they, that means they like it. That means, so I had to turn that around into my favor, saying, well, yes, it wasn't meant to be, but the kind of person I became from losing four, it's kind of my story. Because mm -hmm. I not only became a better person, and all the things that I go through in life that are tough, I kind of revert back to that. Mm -hmm. And that's always in the back of my mind. So before we wrap this up, I'll have all y'all just tell me one thing. There's people out there who are, they're, they're like the Israelites. They're looking at this giant obstacle, talking all this trash, and, and they're fearful. And David comes down and says, what I did in the past is going to give me the courage to go fight him. And David went down and killed him. What is that one thing you want to tell people out there as you look back on your experience to say, here's, here's what they're going to tell you because I want, I want to encourage all of you to think about one thing in your future. And, and it may be the biggest obstacle, if I could get that one. Don't think of a little thing like, you know, I'm going to, you know, get up early tomorrow. And, and again, big things start with little things. However, think of a big challenge that you want to take on, that you've always wanted to take on, that you've shied away from for some reason, that you want to be encouraged to, uh, encouraged to take on. So just one nugget. I would say uh, dream, dream big. Obstacles are what you see when you take your eyes off your goal, right? They're always going to be there, but if you dream big and you do everything you possibly can, whether you achieve it, or, if you achieve it, you'll be great. But if you don't achieve it, you'll be okay. The one thing you don't want to have is regrets. Mm. Yeah. And as you look back, yeah, what did you? I would say comparison is the thief of joy because I spent my 20s searching for my purpose and all my buddies had big jobs on Wall Street making good money, and here I was, a vagabond living on couches trying to get my back right and to find my purpose. To this day now, it's very important that, I, that you stay aligned with your purpose and don't compare your life on social media to everyone else's or whatever your, your God's calling is. Stay obedient to that. As a father, as a husband, as a coach, trainer, what I do now, it's always about, God, what do you want me to do? Uh, and by the way, as Andre said, we're on a journey and the journey does this. And when you're down here dealing, this happens. But for you to overcome this, to go up, you overcame something. That's 
That's what you got to realize. Keep your eye, what Todd's talking about, keep your eyes on the future because mm -hmm. you're doing this and you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you make the most out of what you learned in those hard times, you're going to propel yourself further to what God has for you quicker. What's the one thing you would say? Uh, I think piggybacking off of them, you know, I, I feel like for me uh, the biggest thing was put everything I had into what I wanted to go for. I wasn't going to cheat myself at all, you know. You can cheat yourself in the gym and say, you know, I did all eight reps, but if you only did six, you're the only one that really knows. So it's like you know that you could put everything out there and putting everything towards that goal. And for me, it was no plan B. It was just chasing that and, mm. and knowing no matter what, I'm going to put everything I have into this and whatever happens, happens. But I know I'm going to feel good about mm. all the effort I put in. Know mm. I gave everything I had and kept my faith pushing me through the whole thing. Uh, think about a football player in the NFL who had a period in his life where he was scared to get hit. I mean, I didn't know that until yeah. Tuesday you told me that. That, that's, that's a lot to overcome because football is about getting hit. <laughs> and, and there are people out there who, like myself and Darren, who just think all night, how are we going to hit this person? <laughs> and, and, and that's like the joy of our life. So yeah. that, that's yeah. awesome. It was big. It was big. It was awesome. I, I would say just what Darren said, we all have dreams and goals in life. Um, we got to find what our purpose is and kind of put that all together in one pot, stir it up. And if you bring out, just keep bringing stuff out of the pot. And I think uh, you, you, got, you got to find what that is. And whatever it is, that's, that's, your, that's your passion. That's your, the, those obstacles are in the pot that you still have to fight against. And um, just keep picking in the pot. Mm -hmm. Something will come out of it, and you'll, you'll be a better person for it, for sure. The three points. Number one, I want you to remember this, that overcomers are not afraid to go first. In other words, when everybody else is standing back, David said, I'm going. And one of the reasons you have to have that in you, that you're willing to go first and be the only one, is because God may, you may be the only one God has called you to do that. He hasn't called anybody else to do that. So stop waiting around for other people and say, I'm going to go. And number two, overcomers don't forget their victories. Think about the victories you had in the past. Think about when you were broke. Think about when you were heartbroken. Think about when you were hungry. Think about when you just got rejected or dumped by somebody and, you were, and, and, your, and your life was falling apart. And somehow, somehow you made it. You, you got fired from your job or you didn't get a job. And somehow God said, I'm just, that's just a, a step that we had to take to go through. Listen, I got cut three times, which means I got fired three times. And God said, this is all part of the process. It's all part of the process. Number three, overcomers. Rely on superpowers. And when I say superpowers, I'm not talking about anything other than the Holy Spirit. But the superpower of the Holy Spirit expresses himself through you in specific ways. And you may be thinking, I have to make my dream happen like that guy or that girl makes their dream happen. No, no, no. God has a very unique, some people are loud like me. <laughs> some people are quiet, quieter like Tyrell. God says, that's my superpower in, in that person. You want to be who you are called to be the way you were called to be it, to do what God has called you to do it. So here's my prayer for today. Here's my prayer. I want to pray for all the people who say, I want to step forward and start to confront my obstacle. And I want to challenge you to write all the things you can remember in the past that you went through that was so hard, like your hardest, hardest times. And then think back, wait a minute, I, God got me through that. Remember David said, the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion. The Lord delivered me from the paw of the bear. Oh, he can deliver me from this Philistine. 
So I want you to write a list. Just take some time after this and write a list of all the stuff that God got you to do. And write down, God got me through. God got me through. I used to be addicted to cocaine. God got me through. And if you look at all the things God got you through and realize that none of these guys who are successful in the world, didn't walk, they all walked through obstacles, multiples, hard times, betrayal, etc. God got them through. So here's what my prayers is that, and my challenge to you, and my invitation to you, that you would take a prayer and say, I'm, I'm going to take a step towards this obstacle that I've been avoiding and rationalizing to avoid because I talk myself out of it. I'm going to do what David did. I'm going to look back and see what God has done in my life, how he got me through, and I'm going to take this on. So let's pray. Bow your heads wherever you're at. And, I, and I'm, I'm excited because I believe right now a lot of y'all are going, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Whatever it is, it is something you have put off, you have put off. It's something you just gave up on. You've talked yourself out of it. And God is saying, I put that dream in you. I'm never going to let it go. And it's your decision to trust me to get you through it. I gave you evidence that I can get you through the impossible. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for everybody listening. And I know that you have put a dream in their heart. I know that you have put a passion in their heart. Something that is so big, it's scary. But also exciting. And they're avoiding it. They're, they're, they're rationalizing, aiming lower. They're rationalizing doing something different. But today they're going to make a declaration over their life. And I declare over their life that they're going to pursue your greatness in their life. Your vision in their life. Your purpose for their life. So I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe you love me. And I believe you have something great for me. A dream that is impossible for me to do on my own. But I surrender my fear to Jesus. I surrender my doubt to Jesus. And I declare clarity over my life. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I commit to surrendering my future to the God who got me through my past. Lord, I am going to walk with you and let your word be a lamp to my feet. And I'm going to walk into the impossible in my life. With man, all things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So, Lord, I am ready today to take on the impossible in my life. And I declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give yourself a hand. Come on, church. Come on, church. God has birthed something. Listen, some of y'all are like seven years old saying, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to have a business. I'm going to have a family. And let me tell you something. Don't ever, ever forget it. Go for it. But you don't let go of God. He's the one who's going to make it happen. So listen, hope to see you next week. We got Valentine's next week. It's going to be awesome. Uh, God bless you and hope your team wins. God bless you.